All right. Turn with us to 1 Samuel 17, verses 4 through 11. And again, we're in the, the series, Who Wins? And so this morning, we're going to see, uh, is bigger better? I want you to remember that as we go through this this morning. Is bigger better? First Samuel 17, verse 4 through 11. And there came out of the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gallath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was the weight was like a weaver's beam, and his spear head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went before him. He stood and shouted to the ranks of the Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servant. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that will fight, that we may fight together. Then Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word that you've given us, Lord. And Father, we thank you for... As we dig deeper into your word, we find so much more meaning into it and what that meaning is to our lives today. And Father, we, we are so grateful for those that are here. We ask that you be with those that are sick and unable to be here. And Father, we thank you for the churches in our community, Lord, as we band together to build the kingdom. Father, we were challenged in our revival several nights to go tell, go share, go witness. So, Lord, I, I, I echo that cry this morning that the church would go tell and cry, Father, that we would be the ones that would spread and share the gospel of your Son, Jesus Christ. And, Lord, the way that we do that is that we dig deep into your word so we know what it means to us so we can share that meaning to others, Lord. So, Father, this morning we just pray that your spirit is dwelling within. And, Lord, that if it would please you to please let us preach, that we would be hidden behind the cross and not our words would be heard, but, Father, yours and yours alone. And, Lord, we pray this in your Son's holy name. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Now, we've been told all of our lives about Goliath and to borrow a line from, I believe it's Roy D. Mercer, he would have walked out and went, just how big a boy are you? And, you know, she read that and, and it talks about, well, actually, if you measure out those in modern day measurements, he would have stood nine foot and nine inches tall. That's a big boy. Now, I'm big, but that's big. You ever see the movie, uh, oh, well, I just lost the name of it, 
Michael Orr's story, Blindside. You ever seen the movie Blindside when they walk in and she says, but it says big and tall. And the guy says he needs bigger and taller. That's Goliath. He's a big guy. So I thought, well, you know, we've been looking up meanings to words. And in the first, well, first three verses is all we've gotten through in this chapter. So I thought, well, there's got to be something in the meaning of Goliath. And I'm thinking, boy, there's just something profound in here. And so I started looking it up. And, and the Webster's Dictionary defines Goliath as a behemoth, a monster, a giant. But you see, that's what man saw when man looked across the valley and saw Goliath. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I, I have been called a behemoth. And a lot worse. I remember one time we took our children to a water park at Smith Lake in Coleman, right outside Coleman, Alabama. And the kids were playing and we were having a ball and I decided I'm going to go down this water tube and into this pool of water and they give you this little pad and the only problem is there was more of me than there was pad. And as I came around the curve, the pad stopped, or I stopped, but the pad kept going. And so the lady behind us put her three children on the slide at the same time and gave them a good shove so as they come by, one of them grabs me and pulls, which releases the suction that's holding me against the side of the slide. The only problem was those three children went out the slide and landed in the water, and then here comes Shamu. <laughs> and I landed on top of those children. <laughs> and, and, and the water dispersed. Except for enough to start seeing bubbles come up. And so I believe Bohemoth may have been words she used or monster or some that I probably can't say from the stage this morning. So I, I, I you know, I kind of relate to that. And, and a lot of us, when we see a problem that we're facing, we see Goliath. Do we not see a problem and think, man, that's bigger than I can handle? That situation is more than I can ever bear on my own. And, and we start to look around, and, and it seems like everywhere we look that there's a lot of Goliaths in our life that we face every day. And I thought, well, Lord, that's, that's pretty plain. You know, Goliath, there he stands. You've gave his measurements. And, you know, you're talking about a spear that is, it is just huge. And you're talking about, you know, 125, 150 pounds of, of defensive armor that he's wearing. Now, most of us could not carry an additional 150 pounds of armor around. I know Gracie plays softball and she plays catcher and they put all this garb on them to keep them safe. And, but it doesn't weigh 150 pounds, does it? But it's still heavy. And I played football and they put all these pads on us so we couldn't get hurt. And, and, and total all together, they didn't come anywhere close to that. So an additional amount of weight that he was carrying 
And so as I was looking at that, I thought, man, this is just, it's, it just seems too obvious. Because I know problems are huge, and I know we face decisions and choices in our life that sometimes seem to be overbearing. So I said, God, as we've been reading through this, you've been showing us so many different meanings to words that help us every day. So I went back and I started digging into the Hebrew meaning of Goliath. And it said that Goliath is from the city of Gath, which is one of the uh, super cities, if you want to call it that, of the Philistines. It's a large city with a large population, and, and here comes this giant of a man out of this city. But the surprising thing that I found out about the meaning of Goliath is this. It means to disclose, uncover, or reveal something that is about to happen. So as we look at Goliath in a natural man's eyes, we see this huge, overpowering, overcoming, suppressing giant in front of us when really we should be seeing to us. So what was it about to happen here? What was uh, all fixing to take place? And we talked about this last night as we gathered a bunch of the pastors and their wives and, and we got to sit around and talk and one of the things that they started asking us was because we're Katie and I being from the south they said what is it what is it fixing to where do you get that term well it means we're fixing to do something so the re- revealing that is fixing to take place here in this story We get the dimensions of Goliath. We get the fact that he's all of this and everything is there. But look with me in chapter chapter 17, verse 11. Goliath is standing there shouting, Are you not the chosen people of God? Is that not what he said? Are you not the Israelites? Are you not men of king? Now, ladies, don't get upset on this because in the Hebrew, it is a non-binding word that's used, and it actually stands for the people. So are you the children of God? Are you the people of God? Because Saul was the king that was what? Anointed and appointed by God to lead his chosen people. So if God himself appointed Saul, do you not think that Saul had the authority? And so now here stands Goliath over there screaming at him, shouting, Are you not people of God that you claim can defend you in all situations and in everything that comes up in your life. And in verse 11, we see what Goliath 
was uncovering and revealing about the children of Israel. Because it says, when Saul and all Israel heard. Now, how many of you went to the Wednesday night service and revival over at Fellowship? Did you get to go over there to that? And you remember when Mark Gentry went up to two of the Bible scholars that was there, Papa Shack and Steve Bell, the new pastor to Assembly and Baxter, and he said, looked at Papa Shack, and he said, in the Greek, what does all mean? It means all. So then he turned around and looked at Steve, and he said, Steve, what in Hebrew does all mean? It means all. It means everyone. So as Goliath stood and yelled at Saul, and all of God's chosen people, all of God's chosen people, which meant that day on that, in that valley across the other side, Goliath was yelling at you and I, are you not servants of the king and are you not God's chosen people? And the revealing come as this, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Goliath revealed that Saul and the Israelites stood before him that day and they were uh, dismayed. Now, we didn't, that's not a word we use down south a whole lot. We don't go around going, well, I'm just dismayed today. That's just not in the conversation piece down there. Matter of fact, if you walked up and said that to somebody down on Route 2, Horton, Alabama, back when we had routes and not 911, but you had route numbers, if I had walked in to Sue and Hassie Bean's store, flopped me up a Coca-Cola crate, sat down on it with a six-ounce Coke and a little pack of salted peanuts, started pouring them in there and started eating them out of it, and after you shook it up, and said, man, I'm just dismayed today. One of them farmers would have thought I was drunk and slapped me off that milk, that Coke crate. And Sue would have probably ran me out of the store with a butcher knife going, you watch your language in this store, young man. So I looked up that word dismayed. And what Saul and the Israelites had happened, had had happened to them was they were deprived of their strength. Their firmness of mind, which constituted courage, had been robbed from them. They were discouraged, disheartened. They sank into depression, and the spirits of resolution left them. Henceforth, they were afraid, 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 or terrified. I saw by the Goliath's words and his size and he revealed to them that day that they had not dug deep enough into God's word to be able to stand strong because remember in the first two verses we find that between the two cities there's strength and there's a wall and there's a boundary of blood that wraps around us that we have the authority through God's name to claim that victory
And remember last week we talked about that valley that goes through there, the Valley of Taran, where it was known for the tree that was huge. And how it symbolized the cross standing between us and the world. And when we crawl out to the cross, we have a refuge and a strength. And God had revealed all that to them. But yet when before them and started yelling, they became just like Peter become when God's son called him out of the boat and he was walking on the water. But as soon as he took his eyes off Christ and saw the waves, he began to sink. And many of God's children today, we're walking in faith and we're going where God's leading us and we're doing what God wants us to do. But as soon as the enemy that seems so large and looming yells at us, we take our eyes off God and we begin to sink and we begin to fall. And he reveals to us that as long as we're following God and going where God wants us to go and doing what God wants us to do with the strength and the power given to us by our Lord and Savior, we are on the right track. We cannot be defeated in any way. But when we look off and get distracted, it reveals our human side that's weak, that's open. They can be defeated very easily. I know that defeat in my own life because, you see, I was six foot four and bulletproof, and I thought there's nothing in this world can take me down. And I walked in a hospital in Rogers, Arkansas with a little bitty clot. Compared to the size of me and the compared to that clot, it was nothing. But when it stopped the blood flow to the heart, it became a huge deal. So when we take our eyes off of Christ, when we take our eyes off of where God is directing us and giving us strength and power, and we look off to the side, it blocks our flow from the Spirit, and we have no longer have access to it. And it reveals to them that they would become disheartened, that they would become discouraged, that they would become defeated. Now, I, I do not suffer from it. I do not. But I know people that do suffer from depression and anxiety. They are a real thing. I would never make light of a physical, mental condition that is real. But I want to tell you this morning, if you get out of bed every morning defeated before your feet ever hit the floor, you've let the giant yelling at you distract you from the power of God that can sustain you. We ought to be the type of Christian that when we set up, throw our feet on the floor, the devil looks up and goes, oh God, they're awake again. We should never be discouraged and defeated. No matter how big the giant is, our God is bigger. Our God is greater. Our God is more powerful than anything that the enemy can put before us. 
Goliath revealed that through this, that God's chosen men, God's chosen people, God's chosen ones, when faced with adversity, were deprived of strength. They lost courage and they sunk into depression. And as a word that we do use down south, they become scared. Any of y'all ever been scared? Monsters in the room, hiding under the bed, in the closet. See, I was the good parent. I would walk in and I'd say, all right, get in there, go on, go on. And I'd close the closet door and then I'd turn around and went, if you don't go to sleep, I'm coming back and opening that closet. And then walk out. I really didn't do that. I went to bed and went to sleep. They could yell all night long. And my wife will vouch for that. She'd be like, do you hear that? I didn't while I was asleep, but now that I'm awake, I'll listen for it. My wife can hear a cat scratching in a gravel parking lot four four miles away with the wind blowing the opposite direction. And wake me up and say, listen. And then I become her night and tidy whities and get out of bed to go see what it is. How many of us, if we would just admit, when we hear that noise in the middle of the night, we become defeated. We become scared. When we walk in the doctor's office and he says, this is a diagnosis. Or you walk into a house one afternoon and there's a note laying on the kitchen table or laying on the bed. Or you get that phone call in the middle of the night. Or somebody knocks on your door. Or they walk up to you and they put their hand on, they put their hand on your shoulder and said, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you this. And that giant begins to loom very large. And it reveals to us inside what we really have. So Goliath, as we have been told, yes, he's a large guy. And yes, there's big things about him. But the thing that we need to see is that when the enemy attacks, it will reveal to us and those around us exactly whose we are. The devil thinks that bigger is better. But I want to give you a little secret on how this ends. God says, better is bigger. And our God is better than anything else that's out there. Our God is bigger than anything else that is out there. So how does this speak to us today when we are in a battle, when we are having shouts of despair and words of discouragement thrown at us and darts of of trying to take us out or throwing at us? How do we defend ourselves? Well, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And while you're looking up Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20, I'll tell you what Paul says in this here, and then we'll read it. 
Paul tells us that we are fighting a battle and we must be strong in the Lord. Prepared for war to fight with the mighty, with the might that only comes from God. Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, if you're there, say amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now remember, we just heard the armor that Goliath had on. We just read how big it was and how much it weighed and how much it must have been to have to carry that around. So much that a shield bearer ran out in front of him carrying his shield for him. But Paul here says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. That's another word we don't use down south, but I love it. The wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. What better time of year than during the election season to read, we battle against wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take on to you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil of the day. And having done all to stand. Hmm. The enemy's large and he's looming and he's yelling and he's telling us, I'm going to defeat you. You can't withstand me. But then he turns around and says, but aren't you supposed to be the child of God? Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. The truth. What is it we always say? The truth shall set you free. If you tell the truth, you don't have to keep remembering. It's the truth. It happened. There are witnesses of it. But if you lie, you've got to keep trying to remember what that lie was. And more times than not, you'll add more to it or take off away from it. But the truth will always set you free. And having on the breastplate of righteousness and on your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Oh, how great it is to be able to sit up in the morning and put your feet on the floor and have peace overflow and just run all through you. I've often been said, you have no conscience because you can sleep all night. My wife says, I can sleep on a rock in the middle of the desert with another rock for a pillow. I'm one of the odd people in the world that if I do dream, I don't remember it. I don't know about it. I can wake up in the morning and roll over and say, hey, beautiful, and she's mad about what she's dreamed I did during the night. (laughs) My nose is sore this morning. I don't know why. I think she had a dream and struck me. 
when our feet hit the floor, if we're in the Spirit and the presence of God, there ought to be a peace that overtakes every battle that faces us that day that we know we can win through the power of our Savior Jesus. And remember, Goliath had a shield bearer that went out ahead of him. Paul says, above all, take up the shield of faith. Take up the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be all able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You pick up the shield of faith. Your faith in a loving, caring God, Paul says, above all. It'll withstand everything. It's the faith. And it's the faith that will reveal to the enemy your belief in a God that is bigger and better than anything they can send at us. And then Paul says, And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why are we studying and looking at one verse and one word and trying to decipher it and mean what it does to us? Remember I told you a few weeks ago in sign language I learned that this is to investigate. To get in deeper and to understand what makes it happen. Why? When we get in God's word and we start pulling it apart and quit seeing it with our eyes but see it through faith and what God has told us it is, we'll have the strength to withstand. When we reveal God's word to our hearts... Through faith, we're the victor in all of life's circumstances. The helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Most people stop dressing with the armor right there. But Paul didn't finish with the armor on that. Paul said, praying always. With all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. And for me the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." Paul is telling us the enemy has an armor that they wear, but God gives us an armor that's better than what the enemy has. Paul said we've got an armor that's better than what the enemy has. Amen. Amen. Because why? Because it comes from God. It's not formed and fashioned by man's hands. And in a few weeks, we'll see where that armor did the enemy no good whatsoever. As a matter of fact, we'll see in a few weeks how that armor actually helped to defeat Goliath because it revealed something about the enemy that the enemy was trying to reveal about us. We'll see that in a few weeks. It's the armor that comes with a more powerful source than just size. 
And it comes with a power like none other. 1 John chapter 4 verse 4. Ye are of God. Didn't say you're of the world. He says ye are of God. Little children have over and your little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when the devil or the enemy is yelling at you, when you're under attack, when you're facing a situation and it looks hopeless and it looks damnly lit and there's no way out, You've got a way out through the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the world says, I thought you were a child of God, you can stand boldly and proclaim, yes I am. I am a child of the King. I'm a child of the risen Lord. And I've got an armor that's better than anything you'll ever put on. Because it come from the Lord Himself. It wasn't fashioned by man's hands, but it was fashioned by God's grace. Church, let me tell you something this morning. When you're covered with grace and mercy, that overcomes anything that the world can lay on you. Remember we did the series about the seal where things are... People in the world will put a seal on you and they'll entomb you and they'll tell you that's all you're good for. God said, I'll break that seal and I'll knock that stone out of the way because my grace is sufficient. My mercies are everlasting. I love that song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, because when it gets to the end of the song, the very last paragraph, it says, And morning by morning, new mercies I see. Thank God I see new mercies every day. Because those mercies help me overcome what the world says I have become. God says you're not that. And my favorite verse of this study so far has been Romans 8.11. And why do I know we can win the battle? How do I guarantee the fact that I know when the enemy comes at me, when I hear the bad news, when I receive the bad report, when the phone rings, when the knock on the door, when they come in and put their hand on my shoulder, how do I know that I can withstand everything that there is? Romans chapter 8 verse 11. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will bring also your mortal bodies through life through His Spirit who lives in you. That Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Oh, church, He can raise a dead church to life. He can raise dead children and dead members of God back to the life. We just come through a revival where we were were challenged to be revived. I love Roger Scanlon's term of it. To be revived, you first had to be vived. And Roger said, I think I just made a word up. But that is what it is. You've got to be 
every five, but you've got to be five first. You've got to know it first. What the children of Israel had, had revealed to them that day was they had forgotten they were the chosen ones of God. Church this morning after the cross, we all become the chosen ones of God. Because his son did not die for just a select few. He died for all. We've already heard in the words of Greek, the words of, of Hebrew, or the words of Aramaic, all means all. Everybody, everyone, is who God's son died for. And that same spirit that raised him up from the dead can raise us up every morning, keep us safe every night, and walk with us through the day every day. But when the world looks at you and says, oh, bigger is better, God says better is bigger. If you'll come to me, I'll give you life like you've never had it before. I'll give you a joy that you've never felt. I'll give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, I, I, I do pick on Katie a lot. It's, it's, it's easy. I live with her, so... I'm just glad she's not up here because she could tell you things that would make my hair curl, and that's going to do a lot because I don't have very much. You say, what do you mean a peace that passes all understanding? And I remember going home to Alabama. And I remember sitting in the room with Katie's father and and Katie's father would not allow any of his children or grandchildren to hold him. He would sit and lay his head right here on my stomach. And, and he would sit there and he would prop on me, but he wouldn't prop on any of them. And that night, they all decided to go home. And I said, no, I'm going to stay here. And they all left and they all went. After everybody had gone and everybody had gotten away and his brother, his wife, Katie's mom, my mother-in-law, myself and her, her dad was sitting there in the room. And her brother, his brother and his wife said, well, we're going to go get some coffee. I said, okay, I'll stay here. And as he had his head here as they turned and they walked out the door I saw him look over his shoulder and he watched them walk out the door he looked up at me and he smiled and then he laid back on the bed and I thought well okay I can sit down and rest now so I went over and I sat down in the chair and within just a few seconds I realized he wasn't breathing and I ran to the nurses and I got them and I, they came in. And the second nurse that came in was hollering, stop, stop. He's got a DNR. Do not resuscitate. 
there I stand. So I went out in the hall and I met his brother and his wife and I told them, I said, he's gone. And then it hit me. I got to call the family. I've got to tell them. So I went out to the hall and I found the pay phone. <clears throat> we wasn't fancy enough back then to have cell phones. I went out in the hall and I found a pay phone and I got that little AT&T calling card out and I punched in all the numbers and then I punched in her mom and dad's home number and lo and behold, Katie's the one that answers the phone. Four. I can say a word. She said he's gone. And then she started rejoicing. Because she knew where he was gone. A peace that passes all understanding. When you get the news, the giant's yelling, you have no hope. My hope is in Christ. When the the enemy is throwing his darts at you and he's saying, I'm going to get you. You can say, I've got the the shield of faith and there's nothing can penetrate me. And when my feet hit the floor after the most god-awful news I've ever received comes at me, I can stand in peace knowing that I have a God that still loves and cares. I have the faith to know that living in me is greater than anything that lives in this world. And on top of that, I've got the power living inside me that can raise the dead and give us a hope for a new day. This morning I want to ask you what, when the enemy yells at you, what does it reveal? Does it reveal a faith that can stand or one that will falter and fail? Or maybe this morning you've never never publicly came and said I want to accept Christ as my Savior because you see without that public confession God's Son said if you don't confess me then I won't profess you to the Father and do you have that in your life that peace, that knowledge, that truth that God's Son is your Savior And are you willing to give up all the sorrows, all the heartaches, all the pain, and everything that this world has and be clothed in righteousness from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And the thing about it is, is you can come just as you are. You don't have to go buy anything. You don't have to redecorate your home. You don't have to change your clothes. You can come just as you are. And when the enemy's standing over there yelling, you're defeated, you've lost, you can stand and say, I'm a child of the king, and I've won the battle. Because there's a wall around me, and I stand on the strength. Because of the cross, I have a refuge, and I'm covered in the blood, and God gave me an armor to wear every day of my life.
if you want to receive that this morning, then you can come as the, as we get ready to sing, and, and you can come, and we'll pray, and, and, and we'll make sure that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Or maybe this morning there there's a giant yelling at you, and you feel like you're about to falter and fall. Maybe you need to come this morning and lay it down and, and let God... Reveal that he's greater than anything that attacks you. Father, this morning we thank you for your promises in your word. Father, the deeper we dig in your word, the more we understand just how much you really and truly love us, Lord. Father, today we've already said it. Well, Lord, if there's one that needs to come and accept you as our Savior, Lord, let them come this this time, Father. Let them be bold enough to proclaim boldly that I want to be the child of the King. Father, maybe there's one here today that's facing an enemy that, that needs some strength and encouragement. Or, Father, maybe there's those here today that just need to say, I... I need to join together with a band of believers. Whatever needs to be done this morning, Lord, we ask that you give the strength and the power. And your words already promised us that we have that power living inside of us. So, Lord, today, whatever decision needs to be made, whatever heart needs to be pieced, whatever love needs to be gained, Let this be the day and the hour, Lord, that we come, and we come just as we are. Father, we pray this in your Son's holy name. Amen. Will you stand?